This session is brought to you by Define Youth Move Retreat. I wrote the story with no intent um, to uh, to publish it. I was just at the time just writing um, as a form of escape from, um, from what I was dealing with. But uh, after my mother, I was caring for my mother. She passed away. So then afterwards, I, I had this, I had a series. Welcome to Define You Radio. Classes in session each week with guests who didn't let their past define them and have found a way to define themselves in life, money, and business. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session with your host, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Hey, kings and queens, welcome to Define You Radio Classes in Session. I'm your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace, and in today's session, we're discussing creativity and faith-based writing with the fabulous author, Queen J.C. Miller. Pens and papers ready? Let's go ahead and welcome J.C. to the show. Hey, hun. Hi, thank you so much for the amazing introduction. I almost didn't recognize myself. <laughs> J.C. Miller. <laughs> well, you know, you a woman like you deserves such a fabulous introduction because I'm really intrigued by like your your story, what you have coming out, and I can't wait to like kind of delve into it. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed writing it. Yay. So let's uh, give me a little background about you. How did you start writing? Wow. I started writing a very long time ago. Um, I too was a child writer (laughs) and I, um, I picked it up in school. uh, But prior to that, I was was just telling stories to my younger sibling at night. When it was time to go to bed, we would sit up and tell each other stories. And he liked my stories. And I just, I made an entire series (laughs) just at night uh, with him. And then uh, in school, the teachers started appreciating my writing and putting me into contests. And it just grew from there. I, back then we had the typewriters. So I loved you know, the um, idea of creating a whole story from front to end. I miss typewriters. And I, I also <laughs> miss the two spaces behind the period. <laughs> yeah. What happened to those? I don't know, but I had a, a conversation with a millennial uh-huh. and they thought it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, like, you wh- know, I don't know why they do that, why they don't do it, but I, I find myself still doing that and they'll just edit that right out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, but I do miss typewriters, so I, I will say that. It seems like the creativity flowed easier yes. when you type. Like that, that sound that gets you right in your groove, right? Yes, ma'am. They need yes. to add that, add that app. You might need to create that. A typewriter app? <laughs> Because, I mean, millennials, I, and I, because my son is a millennial, yeah. they don't know how to type. They don't. They don't. They, they do the thumb thing. I just want to throw that out there. Millennials, I love y'all. I've gave, given birth to one of y'all, but I, come on now, four fingers and two thumbs on the and space two. bar. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it's, 
it's their world, girl. It's their world. So we, yeah. like my grandmother used to say, we just passing through now. Mm. I, <laughs> I love that. Now, what exactly is a faith-based literary artist? Ooh, sounds so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> a faith-based writer. I choose in my writing to um, include scripture and to include the love of Jesus Christ. Um, it's not very or overly religious. So I did not want to say that I'm a Christian fiction writer because um, they're guidelines and my stories, because I try to create them and make them real and use real language and use real situations. Um, it does not fit in the category of um, a Christian fiction writer. So I kind of dubbed, or maybe I, I might've found or saw someone else put that, a faith-based and a literary artist is because I'm an author, but I'm an artist. <laughs> you know, I love to create pictures in your mind uh, while you're reading. Hmm. I, I didn't know um, and never really thought about like the difference between like Christian literature versus faith based. Yeah, yeah. There are guidelines. Now, if I were to try to um, get my book approved um, in um, some Christian fiction uh, genre, as far as um, uh, going through uh, established publication companies, um, I would have to fit into the guidelines and they're very strict with mm. what they, what they um, choose. So, you know, you may, if, if you cuss or if you, you know, maybe have some sexual content, it, it all has to be filtered. Okay. But if you do faith based, can you cuss? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> Because Christians cuss, and so yeah. maybe they need to, at least this <laughs> this Christian has said a word or two. A word or two. And you have children today, <laughs> you're going to cuss every now and then. But, you know, it's not extreme. It's not extreme cursing, but it, I try to be realistic. And then I also try to be sensitive um, toward um, the Christian audience as well. But I want to paint a real picture hmm yeah that's very interesting so did you did you find that out after you started writing or yes, is that I okay did. yeah I did I wrote the story with no intent um to uh to publish it I was just at the time just writing um as a form of escape from, um, from what I was dealing with but uh, after my mother, I was caring for my mother. She passed away. So then afterwards, I, I had this, I had a series and um, I wanted to get it out there. So I started looking out into publication companies and it was really hard. So I decided to just publish myself and join this wonderful world of indie writers and authors. I think it's amazing and it's awesome. I agree. I, I agree. We 100. are a do-it-yourself generation. And we're doing it well. And even um, bigger, quote-unquote, bigger, well-known yeah. authors are uh, publishing their own yeah. books. Yeah. You can have some control over your stuff. 
Right. Because mm-hmm. that's how you end up signing away your story. Because, yeah. I mean, who reads the fine print these days? Exactly. <laughs> right. It's, it's, the, it's the truth. And, and um, writing and as well as music as, as well. You know, you write these things, you create these things, and then they you sign them off and they take it away. Mm. Your gifts. Pimp your purpose, like I like I say. <laughs> yes, you did. Letting people pimp your purpose. Exactly. Now, do you feel like writing faith-based books, do you feel like it limits your audience or bring other people in? Yeah, that's a, that's a, the tough one because it sort of does limit your audience. Um, but I want to make it clear that it is a faith-based uh, writing. Uh, it's also, it can be so many things. It's women's fiction, you know, it's romance, it's coming of age, it's real life. I really hate all of these titles right. that they put upon us. But um, what it really is, is a book about life. Right, it's not really um, faith-based or, or you know, all of these different genres that they have. But it's just real life, but mm. it does it does limit um, your audience, and so that's why I'm out here and I'm trying to push this thing and let everyone know it's for you. It's a book about life. <laughs> <laughs> I think if people um, look at it that way, then you won't, I, it won't be so hard for people to read it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like even with, um, if you look at any book, okay, especially the Bible, I could tell a Bible story in a way that people would not know it was a Bible story, if that makes sense. Yeah. That, and that's exactly what I have done. You know, they are, or they were real people going through real problems and real situations, you know, just like we are, but in their period. And a lot of times um, the authors today, they, they take the stories, they write about them, but they, they put them in these, these periods that we know nothing about. <laughs> we, right. They're with the long, fluffy, floppy dresses and the Victoria and all of these different ages. So what I did is I just made it more modern. I put it in the eighties and nineties era, something that I can flow with and, you know, and that could capture attention of um, people my age and, and, and younger just to make, to make it uh, real. You know, so I just took some of those Bible characters and I brought them into a modern uh, era. I, I love that. I was telling somebody, um, I was doing a show or something, and I said uh, something about I need friends that will tear the roof off for me. Ooh, yes. And I and I said it in my Balencia way. Right. And I was I was saying that's in the Bible. <clears throat> And they were like, what? And I, you know, I was telling them the story. I was like, oh, I know the story. And, uh, and my friend said, Valencia, you're the only person I know that can make the Bible gangster. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I said, but if you, if you understand that, um, just like when I talk about Gideon and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible been telling us about thirsty people. Uh-huh. And then I bring in the story of Gideon, like, oh, I wouldn't have known that was in the Bible. I was like, look, 
Listen. That's why you got to read and understand it on your yeah, level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that it is true. Read and understand in, in, on, in and on your level and just bring it. My pastor, he's good at that too. He um, takes the stories and he makes them so that we understand. So we had the the young, the little boy sharing his, um, he said, sharing his happy meal mm. <laughs> of, of the nuggets, <laughs> the fish nuggets. And, uh, you know, just bring it, bring it to where we can understand how it looks. I think people just get put off by, yeah. you know, in the world we live in, people get put off by Bible story. If you say, right. if you start off with that right. versus if you tell the story and then say, yeah, you could find it somewhere in the Bible. Yes, <laughs> that's what I did. I told the story. And then at the end, I put where you can find it, where you can find it. So I am Rahab. Who is Rahab and what is this book about? Awesome. Well, Rahab, which Rahab are we we're going to talk about? The biblical Rahab or my Rahab? Because she is, she's not that girl from um, Jericho. <laughs> well, tell me what, what is the um, intersection between them? What's the same? What's different? Okay. So we have Rahab, a young girl from Louisiana. And this is the, um, the Rahab I'm writing about, Rahab Auguste. And um, she is just a part of a dysfunctional family. And then we have Rahab the harlot who was most likely part of a dysfunctional family too. She ended up in prostitution and she was in this, this fortified city that was full of heathenism and adultery. And she, she wanted an out and she'd heard about a great um, Hebrew people that were taking over all the other kingdoms around them. And they knew that uh, their time was coming. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when she had or found the opportunity to escape and to be a part of these wonderful people that she'd heard about that had and believed in a God that loved them so much that he led them and that he um, He handed them nations. She wanted to be a part of that. So um, when these two spies came into the city, she immediately called them up and invited them into her her end or her um, brothel, I call it. And um, she let them know that, you know, this the, the country is afraid of you and this is what you need to do. And she hid them on the roof. And when the king's soldiers came looking for them, she lied. So Rahab was a liar. <laughs> she was a dreamer. She was a prostitute. She was just like you and I. And that's kind of how the book came uh, to me in that she was a regular woman and I wanted to know what was going on before the Bible story, what took place. And because after she um, hid the the, uh, spies, she did tell them as well. um, When you come back, I want you to take me and not only me, but my family back with you because I've shown you kindness. And that's what they did. They, when they attacked the country, they spared Rahab and her family and she lived amongst the Israelites she married into the Israelites and from her lineage came the birth of Jesus Christ so I mean it really is a, an awesome story and it's so it's so short it's a little it's a little nugget in the Bible and I just I call them unsung heroes but that is her story so I just took 
that character and I made a girl from Louisiana and I just gave her an ex- uh, extraordinary life and uh, a dysfunctional family. And I don't want to give the whole story away, right. <laughs> but um, she ends up in the South Bronx and she has to ultimately decide either to continue dancing with the devil mm. or to take a leap of faith with the unknown, which is what Rahab the harlot had to do. Interesting. So why did you choose Louisiana as her starting place, I'm guessing? Okay, yes, it is her starting place. Um, well, when I was thinking about Jericho and um, uh, the um, the heathenism and all of these different things, I wanted to create something for her, like a foundation. So I, I, um, her family was into voodoo. Mm. So that's where New Orleans came from in that area. Uh, she grew up around a voodoo culture and she had to come from somewhere. Yeah. Well, you know, I am a Southern Louisiana born and yes, and currently live in Louisiana. You do? Yes, I actually am um, roughly about 20 minutes from New Orleans. Nice. Um, In a little small town that you're not going to come to unless you live here. Uh, (laughs) I love those small towns. Yes, I tell people (laughs) you live in the country, do business in the city. But Mm -hmm. even with New Orleans, um, besides, you know, the voodoo, but just Mm -hmm. that whole looseness, freeness of uh, Bourbon Street and of the culture of New Orleans, it's a very appropriate beginning. I love that. I love that. Definitely can't wait to to check it out, see how accurate, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to read it and let me know because I I worked hard in that. And um, I guess I was led by the Holy Spirit on that. Yeah, because it's definitely, um, even if you think about Mardi Gras and people that come down for Essence or whatever, people come to New Orleans uh, to be free of their Right. What they call it, their inhibitions. Uh-huh. We know tourists. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's another one of those states. What happens there stays there. Right, exactly. <laughs> so what what do you want your readers to take away from I Am Rahab? I would like for them to take away that, um, number one, that the Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And number two is that no matter where you come from, um, it's not where you are, it's where you're at. It's, mm. You know, it's not who you were, doesn't matter. Who you are right now and who you're becoming, that, that's, that, that's what counts. And if people really kind of take their judgments out of any situation, because yes. we could go through the Bible and find all kind of, Mm-hmm. dramatics and mm-hmm. prostitutes and murderers and everything I'll else, and everything. you know, mm-hmm. if we take our judgments out of the situation, we can see yes. our similarities. We can. Those are the people that God used. <laughs> he not right. used the prostitutes. He used the alcoholic. He used the liars and, you know, and this, he used the carpenter. And this, this is how 
he works. So mm, like, I always judge um, judge. I would have been had I been alive during those times, mm-hmm. I probably would have been um uh it's on the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so I'm thinking judges. Like I always tell my audience, I'm a Bible student, not scholar. Yes, but uh, me too. <laughs> uh, with with Deborah and then the okay. <clears throat> lady um, JL or something like that. I want to say it started with a J that like gave the man the king some milk while he was hiding out, and then stabbed him with the tent peg. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I would have been not. I'm not saying I'm a killer, but. No. Mm-hmm. You know, if y'all got that from that story, y'all not no, listening. You're not listening. Go back and read it. See what I say about the Bible. Just read it just for purposes of just knowing who killed who. Right. And yeah. And that's... <laughs> right. But you, you have to read it with an open mind and eye. And that's kind of how I came up with this story. Because like I said, it is a short passage. But if you really stop to ask them questions, you can come up with the entire story. Mm-hmm. You know, she she specifically said to the spies, you know, because I did this for you, I want you to um, take me with you and not only me, but my family. So she, she named them all, her mother, her father, her sisters. And, you know, and then I'm like, who were these people? Why did they let her get into prostitution? Right. Why, you know? Yeah, so I just, you know, from my mind's eye and my understanding of the biblical content, I created a story. I didn't even think about that because I would have questions like, how did she end up a prostitute anyway? Yeah, it, it well, you know, it is it was the era and they had a right. shrine. Um, they gave the prostitutes to the, the um, their gods and they were for worship and all of these different things and then there was also prostitution for money as well so hmm. we don't know you know which one she was but she wanted to get out we know that for sure mm. i yeah. learn more and more every day yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do you find that it's hard to write a bible story set in today's times I think that it was easier for me because I did not have to worry about being accurate about um, what they were doing at that time and, you know, and stuff like that. So it was easier for me uh, to bring it a little up to a little up to date. It was the 80s and 90s, which was an era that was my time, you know, (laughs) that I was born in. So it was easier. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I I like that you put it in the 80s and 90s because that's when music was, you know, music was hot back then (laughs) and everything. And there is there is music involved in the in the book as well, because she was into dancing. So Hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting. So who did you write this book for? I wrote it for me. <laughs> really? It for me. Yes. Like I said um, uh, before, when I wrote the book, I was caring for my mother who had um, become ill with um, congestive heart failure. And I kind of wrote it to escape from what was happening with her. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, it was just really writing just to, like I said just to get away it wasn't writing with any intentions to um, sell or 
to make a book. It was just me creating a world that I can um, escape to. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Has your mother read it or did no, you finish? Mom, okay. No, she, she passed away in um, 2017. So I ended the writing there. And, um, you know, I just, you know, while I remembered while we were, while I, um, while she was living and I would be typing while she's watching her, um, her television programs or let's make a deal and all of that. <laughs> she's like, what are you doing on that computer? Are you always in that computer? <laughs> and I told her, I'm right. I'm trying to write. I'm writing a book. And she's like, well, you know, you could do anything you set your mind to. So I remembered that and I said, this is going to be a book. People are going to read this book. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess it was for me first and then it ended up for her. This is for right. her. Right. <laughs> um, did she have creative talents as well? Like, was she a writer or artist or how did, nope. how did she express no. herself? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> My mother did not have any creative talents at all. <laughs> Besides cooking which is very important in the household. Um, she did not, she could not sing. She could not really dance. She, um, no, I, I got all that from my father, but um, she was very, um, I guess, no, she really didn't. <laughs> she didn't have well, look, cooking. Yes, yeah, that's a that's a creative talent that yes. I choose not to express. <laughs> she so, did. She was good in the house. She was good at raising kids. She was kind and giving and loving. She can motivate you. So I guess those are all gifts as well. Yes. But as far as um, artistic gifts, none, nada. But you were able to pull from that and put it into your yes. your writing so yes. that, that you could um, definitely... Mm -hmm. you, you know, give her credit, credit yes. for. Awesome. Yes. Cause she gave us a great life, you know, and what little we had, she, she made it all wonderful. So I had so many stories just from, <laughs> you know, just from living in, in that house. Oh yeah. She, she was a good storyteller. She would tell us about things that happened to her, um, as she was growing up. So Yeah. Hmm. And it was a period where, you know, it wasn't the internet and all of that. So we had to live by our imagination. So I guess, I guess the writing kind of comes from that too, kind of yeah. something and you can make a story about it. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I agree. It's a, it's a good gumbo for a good writer to have, like, I like that gumbo. to hear, to hear good stories and be able to tell them and let your imagination run wild and you were able to put it into a book. Now I am Rahab. Is that your first book or that's just a current book? This is my first novel that I Yay. <laughs> this is my very first novel. I did write a book some years ago um, called Finding God in the Kitchen. And uh, that was me as a new um, Christian. And I just wanted to write about and I, I'm also a baker uh, by trade. So I just wanted to write about my newfound faith and how I was just learning how, how, how to bake and to start a business and the similarities of baking and Christian. You know, sometimes you put in the oven, sometimes you're on the cooling rack. 
sometimes you're being whipped, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it, it was a devotional cookbook and I had fun with that. Oh, I love, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Question. Uh-huh. What is Diamond Daughters? Ooh, Diamond Daughters is a nonprofit that we started in the early 2000s, uh, 2009, something like that. It was generated from a conversation that I was having with my cousin. And um, as mothers, who's also a co-founder, as mothers, we were talking about our daughters and our concerns about the maturing in, in today's world. And we were just discussing our fears and past and hopes and we were like, somebody should do something about this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then we were like, we should do something. We should start like a, a group of women that can just sit down and talk. Cause it really does help just talking to one another. You think it's nothing, but it, it's uplifting and, and something you share resources. And we do this all the time as community and family. And it's just, we wanted to bring women together to help one another with resources education, up motivation, um, and uh, equip them so that our children will be in a world that's smarter and safer and kinder. Hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love the name. And there's something somebody said, I heard it somewhere, but um, if something bothers you, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do something about it's it. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's irritating you to get up and do something about it. You're going to just let it hurt or you're going to get up and and bandage it or do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think when when we all look at our own little way to change the world, think about what's that thing that bothers you that may not bother other people as much. Right. So. Mm -hmm. You know, congratulations with the the baking, the book, the Diamond Daughters. But in addition. You have a publishing company or you have a, do you have like a twin or something like? <laughs> it would seem that way. And I guess we can be twins. She's my best friend since high school. We've known each other forever. <laughs> We've done each, we do things together. So why not take this next step uh, together? When I finished wrote, writing the book, I send it to her, Monifa. Uh, she read it. And she's like, yes, let's do this. So um, we started the LLC, Just Mo Books, and we want to put out diverse books written for us by us. Mm. <laughs> put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I am Rahab. Like, if you oh, had, yes. I would actually wear that. We have it, girl. It's coming. You have a shirt that's okay. <laughs> because I would wear it, <clears throat> and I know people that would like, wait a minute, Rahab, isn't she a prostitute in the Bible? Yes. So I would have to have like a, a explanation, a disclaimer, it's, it's or on the shirt. <laughs> it's, it's okay, I, on the shirt. I need I need my shirt because I could <laughs> I could understand and relate, not with the prostitute part, but right. I could Some relate. Of the things. Yeah, she was a right. loyal family member. She was she was humbled. She was redeemed. She was lost. She was, you know, that's that's who we are. So mm. that's where that title came from. I am Rahab. I'm not a prostitute, but I've been down some roads. Amen. Hashtag amen. Did you <laughs> 
It's it's so interesting. And I can't, after I read the book, I'm going to definitely have to have you back on because the, the title in itself definitely to me makes me like, okay, I, I need to see, I need to see what this is about. Awesome. I, like I need to see it. So that's, I have a connection with you. I could just hit you up, but yes. the audience, mm-hmm. they want to get the book. They want to connect with you and all of that good stuff. How do they do that? Awesome. The book is available now on Amazon and they can also hit me up on my website by subscribing to um, authorjcmiller.com and social media handle um, author underscore jc underscore miller and that is facebook twitter and instagram yay now really quick before we end the interview because a lot of people have stories in them or see things another way and they want to write what is a few words of encouragement you can give to the future writers that may be listening to the show Yes. Um, Well, I always say to write for yourself, because like I said, I wasn't writing this for any other purpose. I just wrote it for escape. So write a story that you want to hear and don't worry about trying to fit in to molds. I understand that we want to be, we want to sell our work, but write something that you really enjoy and write from your spirit and your soul. And before you know it, you're going to have so, so many different things already written. Um, And that's about all I can really say about it. Just be free, free your mind. And get the stories out of your head. Yes. Just keep writing. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep writing. Like, you know, Yay. Well, thank you so much, Queen JC. Guys, y'all go ahead and make sure y'all get the book and follow her and go to her website. And with that being said, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. Make sure you subscribe to the show. And until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you. Go to ValenciaGWallace.com and find out more about the Move Retreat because queens need a break too.